Hello everyone and welcome to the Higher Self Being You podcast with me, Stefan Mullen. A place where we will be discussing being you and the energy that you want to attract. Welcome to episode two everyone and thank you all for your correspondence that I received for last month's podcast. The response has been absolutely overwhelming, uh, so thank you very much for, for listening in. If you happen to miss the first episode where I spoke to Gavin McGrath of Stevie J International on inspiring others and spreading love far and wide, make sure that you start from the beginning as this was a really powerful episode. Uh, some absolutely thought-provoking stuff that Gavin was able to, to point out and I'm sure you would get something from it. If you want to get in touch with me, please do so by emailing me on higherselfbeingyou at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget to rate and review, download and tell your friends about the Higher Self Being You podcast. It's very much appreciated for you to spread the word far and wide. Again, your correspondence is always very much welcomed and appreciated on this podcast. So on today's episode, we'll be talking with Bruna Nicolin about her journey with PCOS. But first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about last month's podcast with Gavin McGrath of Stevie J International. There's been a number of things that I've been trying to apply to my, my own life, uh, whether that be like the, the nasal breathing, which comes in really handy, uh, but also the when, when you're feeling quite stressed or anxious, it's about remembering as well not to be given those type of words your, your attention. So by giving those words your attention, this month I've noticed that if I felt stressed, I got up and distracted myself and got away from that. Or if I was feeling what he called quite busy, I would have got away and just went and did like a, a five, 10 minute bit on the guitar, or I would have actually went away and just sat in a quiet room for five minutes just to give my head peace. So from, from my conversation with Gavin, one of the things that Gavin had actually mentioned was about nasal breathing. And the, the nasal breathing has some, been something that I have been applying to my, my life now for a couple of months uh, since I, I came across that from Gavin. Uh, and again, that was something that he had touched on. And just to reinforce really the, the power of that, uh, I, I went out, I signed up to, to do a marathon. So it's a virtual London marathon. I uh, signed up, went out first week. I was out. I walked for the first two, three days. Then uh, this was before I even started my training program. And I went out then and I, I jogged around my, my local village. Did that twice and really struggled. Uh, I was like, wow, how am I going to do uh, a marathon? I can barely jog around the village. And that's only, what, three miles. Uh, so I I went out one Saturday. I uh, shortly after that and I, I did the nasal breathing and I actually went and jogged a half marathon uh, and for me that was just it didn't change anything uh, apart from the nasal breathing that was something that when I was usually running when I usually do run uh, I expel quite a lot of energy when I'm, I'm breathing quite heavily uh, but I, I just felt like it was a really calm relaxed run because I was breathing through my nose and it was just so, so powerful. It really shifted something in terms of my, my thinking and my mindset towards what, uh, what the nasal breathing can actually do when you, you apply it correctly, really. So 
think thinking about like the, the nasal breathing and applying that to like a, a stressful situation. Uh, yesterday, I, I got a call from my, my daughter's nursery saying that she had been rushed to the hospital uh, due to taking a, a seizure. Uh, this was my first ever experience or encounter with somebody so close to me going through something like this. Uh, even though I experienced them when I was younger, uh, around the same age, I, I don't really remember. Uh, however, with, with my daughter, her being so important to me and getting this phone call, uh, now I would have been quite an anxious person. I would have, before, I would have probably freaked out at this, uh, not knowing how to, to manage it. But uh, as soon as I got in the car to start driving to, to meet my, my wife and my daughter uh, at the, the ambulance, I started applying the nasal breathing uh, and it was something in the car. I, I again, I, I found myself at the beginning of the drive that I was maybe starting to panic a bit. I was starting to maybe hyperventilate a bit. And what I did was I started thinking about my, my breathing and trying to control the, the outcome of how I was. So uh, with the nasal breathing, I was able to, to calm myself down, bring myself into the, that present moment whilst I was focused on my, my daughter uh, and her, her health and her, her well-being really from what, what was happening. I wasn't there. I didn't know what was happening. So uh, I thought to myself, this breathe through the nose, think about it in the, the sense that, right, you're on your way. You can't get there any quicker than what you're, you're doing. Uh, it's important, obviously, driving safe as well. So I wasn't actually going to cause harm to myself for others uh, in the process and make the whole, whole situation worse. So I used the nasal breathing, calmed myself down, uh, and I was as relaxed as I could be in such a, a traumatic and difficult situation. So I... Uh, for me, that is where nasal breathing can help with the, the likes of like anxiety. It can help with things like being stressed. Uh, again, that is something that I find really, really powerful from what Gavin has mentioned in regards to nasal breathing. And that was a, the, the, there's not many situations come much more stressful in, in my life that come at that, that sort of challenge. Uh, don't get me wrong, I have faced challenges and things like that in the past, but nothing quite as scary as, as my daughter being rushed to the hospital. Uh, the nasal breathing was definitely one of the things yesterday that helped me to, to get through such a, a traumatic time. So just really to, to highlight there, if you if you haven't already watched or listened sorry, to the, the audio from Gavin McGrath, uh, I would highly recommend going back and listening to that because there was some really powerful things in regards to nasal breathing and all other things like being the energy that you want to attract really that we we, we have started up the, well, I've started a podcast for. So th things like that that Gavin had mentioned, really, really powerful. And you can also take it forward into the, the other episodes in that as well. And it, it'll be a really good learning experience for you. So on today's episode, we'll hear from a very special guest on the topic of polycystic ovarian syndrome, or more commonly known as PCOS. During the week, I had the absolute pleasure to speak with Ronan E. Quillen, who formerly worked with RTE Radio for over five years, but now lives with her fiancé in Melbourne, Australia. PCOS affects one in five women and is the number one cause of infertility worldwide. Hello, Brona. Thank you for joining me today on the Higher Self podcast. Uh, the podcast where we discuss about the energy you want to attract. So uh, 
Bruna, thank you for, for joining me today where we, we've got you on to speak a bit about PCOS today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, I just need to let the audience know that you or myself, neither of us are actual GPs or medical practitioners. So it's really, really important that anybody picking up any points from today, from either Bruno or myself, that you ensure that you consult with your, your GP or medical practitioner before trying anything out as well. So Bruno, first and foremost, could you just give me a bit of a, an insight into yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, so my name is Bronin Nicholin. I am originally from County Offaly in Ireland, um, but I am living in Melbourne, Australia at the moment with my fiancé, Kelvin, for the past two and a half years. Um, before I moved out to Melbourne, I worked with RTE Radio, doing a variety of different things. I was a broadcast coordinator, an Irish language teacher, a reporter, a researcher, the whole lot, the whole shebang. There wasn't anything in there that I didn't do. Um, so that's kind of my, so my, I suppose my background is journalism radio and but at the moment I'm working as an events manager here in Melbourne um, which is kind of similar but uh, very different at the same time um, or as they say over in Southeast Asia same same but different and so that's that's my story that's who I am Um, But as you mentioned, I do have PCOS, which is also known as polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that's what I'm on the podcast to talk about with you today, Stefan. Thank you, Bruna. And obviously, like for the the audience now, anybody out there like myself that is unaware of what PCOS is, uh, could you maybe tell us a bit first and foremost, Bruna, what, what PCOS actually is? Yeah, sure. So PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS is a hormonal disorder which causes cysts to form on the ovaries which are unreleased eggs and that occur during ovulation and they also enlarge in the ovaries Um, and from these cysts on your ovaries they cause a multitude of problems um, such as infertility so um, they do say that one in five women suffer from PCOS. It is the leading cause of infertility around the world with about 116 million women affected every day from this. Um, I suppose the most common symptom is infertility. Uh, other symptoms would, la- would, would present themselves as um, a lack of menstruation cycles. Um, so no periods, no ovulation, um, some excess hair growth around the chin area kind of where a man would normally grow a beard um, yeah. cystic acne, especially down towards the jawline. Um, you're more at risk to develop type two diabetes and um, uterine cancer, higher blood pressure um, and <coughs> excuse me, obesity. And as well, there's also the mental health side of, of things as well. Um, anxiety, stress and depression. Um, you're more at risk to, of developing those um ailments as well and so it's it's quite a complex condition to have and there are four types of PCOS so you can either have instant resistant PCOS inflammatory PCOS hidden cause PCOS and pill induced PCOS so um, I'll, I'll just explain a little bit just briefly you know with those four what they mean so the instant resistant PCOS this is the most common type of PCOS that majority of women would have and this is when um, PCOS causes ovulation to stop and it causes testosterone in the body which causes their facial hair 
and everything else that comes with that um, <laughs> so that's when there's too much insulin in your body and it gets to a stage where it can't fight off the insulin anymore so um i would have a bit of this so what i do is i reduce my sugar intake and it has proven successful well so far anyways um, a, a lot of people would recommend a low carb and low sugar diet for this type of pcos second one is the pill induced pcos this is the second most common pcos so this is when um, you've been taking the pill for a period of time and while you're on the pill your periods would stop or once you come off the pill your periods might come back for six to nine months and um, so this is a pill induced pcos a lot of the time your periods will come back it might just take maybe a year and they i know some doctors call this the hangover period um but if they don't come back i would definitely recommend consult your gp and you know to take to take other steps further because um not having a period is not normal <laughs> like you should have your period you know if everything is working properly you know you should be menstruating every every month the third one is inflammatory pcos so this is like where there's an imbalance of hormones so um consumption of dairy and gluten will often contribute massively to this um as well stress isn't it's not it's not great for either because when you're stressed out the adrenal gland goes into overdrive and then that will also cause kind of inflammatory you know all around you in your insides and all that and then the fourth one is hidden pcos so this one isn't as common but it's it's, it's common enough that it's that it's a condition or it's a type of pcos and yeah. this one is caused by thyroid disease and um, deficiency of iodine and um, vegetarian diet because the vegetarian diet would lack an awful lot of zinc and you need zinc to ovulate it's very very important for ovulation to have zinc in your diet um, and then artificial sweeteners as well can also bring on this this type of pcos too so there are the four types of pcos and uh, i hope i i did justice um explaining them all <laughs> um i know they're like they're an awful lot more complex than than that that was just like a brief description and um, so yeah it's it's not the most straightforward condition i have to say Yes. Wow. Thank you for that, Bruna. Like that, a lot of information there. And it's actually really thought provoking as well, uh, especially for somebody that doesn't know an awful lot about it, which I'm sure there's plenty of women out there as well that are maybe not fully aware of what PCOS is or if they even have it. So uh, I, I suppose one of the things uh, I would like you to mention, because there is so much information there, uh, I think for for many women out there it would be nice to know where to to go and stuff so could i first just ask you to tell me but i believe you've got a, an instagram page where you you talk a bit about these types of things yeah absolutely so about two or three years ago i said no it was about two and a half years ago at this stage i set up a, an instagram page called bros pcos journey um and it got to this the reason why i set it up stefan was it got to the stage where i was extremely heavy I was pushing on about 20 stone at the time um, and I was just stuck in a rut and I knew my PCOS was causing an awful lot of the weight gain and it was definitely a massive factor as to why I couldn't lose the weight easily or even like, you know, through your normal move more, eat less type of diet. Um, <laughs> so I set up this page and I just, it was all about, just trying to find as much information as possible on PCOS and sharing it with the PCOS community. And um, because my own experience 
when like I was diagnosed when I was 20 that's eight years ago and not one doctor along my journey and I've been to three different gynecologists and not one of them ever suggested that maybe I should or I could even manage this via my diet and it was just stick me on pills go off and lose weight and come back to me when you want to get pregnant and they think like I think (laughs) the general consensus is when when a woman is diagnosed with PCOS it's almost that doctors feel like well sure like the only big thing now about PCOS is that you can't you might not be able to get pregnant. So just come back to me when you want to do that. But they don't see everything else that we have to deal with, like the mood swings, the cystic acne, uh, the facial hair. Like the facial hair is a massive thing. And like I'm a redhead. So my hair, my hair is quite fair. So I can get away with it a lot more than other women can. But if I was in any way dark, um, like that, that, like that's very, very noticeable. And I do find, even though my my hair is fair, I do find that that certain people are just, and I they probably do it subconsciously, but they do their eyes just drift all the way down to my chin, and I can see them looking at my facial hair, and I'm just like, stop it, <laughs> because it does make me really, you know, self conscious and uncomfortable. Um, and I know not everybody does that, and I know it's probably just they think as society thinks that women shouldn't have hair anywhere and like to be fair now Stefan I know lots of women who don't have PCOS and they have facial hair you know what I mean it's not like it's not completely uncommon like you know um but you know so there's just there's so much more and then your lack of periods as well and as I was saying earlier on like it's not natural not to have your period you should like a woman should be having their period every month unless they're pregnant you know and because it just it just deals with your helps with your hormones and with your mood and everything like that. So just to have your have an overall healthy body, you should have your period. So I feel that um yeah, the medical profession, they're not they're not there yet with PCOS. They don't really know what causes PCOS either. Um there are a lot of studies out there that indicate that it's hereditary. And that it's something that kind of happens when you're in the womb. Um, and I do know something like my sister has PCOS as well. So it's definitely hereditary in my family. Um, so, yeah, so that, well, look, that, that, that's my story. That's why I set up the page. It was just to help people because when I was diagnosed with it, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. Um, nobody was giving me an awful lot of information. They didn't really explain to me what PCOS was. They just said, I have 12 cysts on my ovaries on either side and they're twice the size that they should be. And that was it. You know, they like, they didn't tell me how to manage it, how to, what I should be doing or, or like what's going on inside. I really had to find out all that information by myself, you know? So that's what I set the page and just spread the, spread the good word, you know? Yeah. Amazing. And you're, you're definitely doing that. Uh through everything you're you're doing Bruna especially like it's not something that and in all honesty I was aware of or or knew anything of until I'd come across your Instagram page and I I suppose one of the things that I'm picking up there from what you've said and it's quite scary to think actually from from when a young girl starts their their periods to Mm -hmm. when they like you said there you didn't get diagnosed until you were 20 so that is a, a good few years 
uh, where yeah. you're obviously hemming and hand, really trying to figure out what what's going on and trying to understand your your own body and stuff. So, uh, could you tell me a bit more how that impacted you in terms of like your your own emotional well being? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, like, well, I was about twelve when I got my first period. And from there on out, like even until now, like I still don't get them. And um, so for like from maybe say 12 to 20, 21, they were very, very sporadic. Like I'd be lucky to get maybe about two or three a year. Um, and I did go to doctors and I did say, it's like, look, it's, it's very sporadic. Like what's going on? And they were like, oh, you're still young yet. You know, wait till you're in your 20s. They should even out by that stage. They'll regulate themselves. Come back to us then. And then. One day I was in I was in college and I collapsed um had a really bad pain in my the side of my stomach and uh, I was brought into hospital and then they did a lot of they did a lot of tests and then through one of the tests they found out that I had PCOS and the, that that's when they did the ultrasound um but in terms of being listened to um I find I was ignored and I still kind of am you know um like I'm 28 and I still don't really get my periods and I go to GPs and I tell them this and they're like oh my god what you know and like I think they see my age now and they know I'm coming towards childbearing ages and it's probably a little bit concerning for them so then they'll send me on to a gynecologist and then they just tell me oh come back when you want to get pregnant (laughs) you know what I mean so I just I feel like I'm just going around and round and round in circle all the time and like no one can really help me and so you know I was on different medication like I was on uh, metformin at one stage um, and then I was on the pill on another stage and I decided to just go off them altogether. So the pill I couldn't take because I was getting um, leg cramps in my legs and I'm prone to blood clots anyway, so it's a bit dangerous. And then with the same, again, with the metformin, I was getting um, leg cramps like every second night as well. So I had to go off that. So now I'm just trying to control it all through diet. Um, as of now, I've lost about four and a half stone, which is pretty good. Well, about three and a half because I'm after putting on a stone <laughs> over the summer <laughs> here in Australia. <laughs> but you're looking, it's fine. You know, you have to live life as well. Um, but I won't lie, Stephen, like my, my mental health got really, really bad there for a while. I remember about three or four years ago, I was living in Dublin at the time and I didn't step foot outside the door for four weeks. I just couldn't leave the house. Um, it started off as little things. So like <laughs> I would maybe decline going out with a friend or meeting a friend for a coffee. And then I just stopped going out altogether, you know, with my friends, stopped socializing. And then I was a contractor at the time. So I was a, so I was a, like zero contract. So I got to pick and choose like what hours I wanted to work. And then there would be certain days where I would just call in sick to work. And I was like, no, I can't do this. And then it just got to a stage where I just could not leave my house at all. Like going near my front door, Stefan just brought on panic attacks and I would just hyperventilate and I would cry and cry and cry. And like, even before that, I remember I would drop Kelvin to work and he would, like he like he would work two miles down the road from me you know what I mean and like I would collect him again at half five and I would just bawl the minute he got out of the car I would just bawl my eyes out because I don't know what it was it's just it was like that feeling of familiarity or that safety net that I had was gone for the day 
and then I'd fix my makeup and I'd walk straight into RT and I would get on with the day and nobody knew any different until and then still like you know when I didn't leave the house for a month nobody kind of knew except Kelvin obviously because he lived with me um but I sheltered it I sheltered it and I hid it away from everyone and it's only kind of now that I'm talking about it um but I at the time I didn't realize I suppose how sick I was you know I was just riddled with anxiety riddled with depression I just couldn't get out of this 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 rut you know I was really unhappy with my weight I was working too much I just had a really really bad lifestyle and I didn't look after myself and it just spiraled and I remember Kelvin came home one day and he saw that I hadn't left the bed and he was like well what are we going to do and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm just trying to take this one day at a time. And he was like, something has to be done here. You know what I mean? Like, I think you really do need professional help. Like you need to go and you need to talk to someone. And even though like I ha- I've been seeing therapists on and off since I was 21, I was maybe about 23, 24 at this stage. So therapy was, it wasn't an alien thing to me, but I, I think I just needed someone to kind of, organize it and to just take care of me for a while you know yeah. and I'm so lucky that you know that I did have him and that he, and that's what that's what he did and so he he came down and we booked an appointment and um, with a therapist down the road and I went to it and then eventually I got back and so I went back to work that next week um, and I you know he, we obviously he helped me a lot and telling me you know he just kind of big me up and saying like you know I've got this and just encouraging me all the time he's like absolutely fantastic like he genuinely is his app my absolute rock and I just yeah I just needed to I just needed a hand to get out of that rut because I wasn't able to get out of it myself and then and then things got better so I ended up going to a therapist uh seeing him for about once a week for a couple of years and then when I came here um same thing um I got really homesick as well and dealt with some dramatic stuff in work as well and so that didn't help and then I was back into doing therapy and then eventually it's like something just kind of struck in my head and I suppose the weight was always kind of an underlying issue as well you know what I mean it was always kind of I suppose um, it was like there was an elephant like just on my shoulders all the time it's like yeah I just I need to get to that but I just don't have the mental capacity to deal with it just right now and then something just clicked last year last June and I was like right this is it and I remember I had to go down to get a COVID test and I put on a dress and the dress was like my fat dress as I called it like this was like the dress where it doesn't matter how much weight I put on this dress is always going to fit and it didn't and I was like, well, holy mother of God, what am I going to do now? So I was like, right, that's it. Come Monday, I'm just going to go on the keto diet. And I did. And within six months, I lost about four and a half stone. Incredible. Yeah, it, it like it really is. And sometimes I I think I fob it off. I don't know if it's an Irish thing. I think people, Irish people <laughs> just don't like taking compliments. Um, But... <laughs> Yeah, like when I did, when you really do think about it, like four and a half stone is absolutely incredible. Like, like there's nothing easy about it, and especially when you have something like PCOS. Um, and it was actually through research that Kelvin did, you know, that the keto diet could do well. And then what I did was I just went into social media and I just typed in PCOS pages, 
and keto pages and so many influencers came up and so many girls like myself who hit nearly 20 stone or 25 stone or whatever their Mount Everest was and just said enough is enough and they just put themselves forward and I just kind of took bits from everyone you know what I mean like and I'm not coming on here to say keto diet that's it that's how you're going to reverse your PCOS because it won't work for everyone but for me it like it did help with the weight loss I still have an awful lot of issues with um obviously with my menstrual cycle and with hair around my chin etc but it definitely did help with um, my mental health it helped with my skin. It cleared an awful lot of my a lot of my acne up, and it helped with the weight as well. And yeah, I f- I feel fabulous, you know. So that's Amazing. my story. Brona, honestly, like so so much power from what you're you're saying, and I think for for me, it it's really powerful to know that for you in particular that you're you're not the only person that mm. goes through this and it's something that you've obviously touched on there that uh it, it's about creating a wee bit more awareness really uh well a lot more awareness i suppose because uh not a lot of young women will know about this and again not a lot of men know about it uh and i think like especially to your your partner kelvin i think that just comes to show what having a support system is is all about really having somebody there to say no enough is enough to to try and get you from you had mentioned earlier you felt like you were going round in circles as well so uh to help you try and break away from that so Bruno what would be your your advice or guidance to anyone that maybe doesn't have another half that is as supportive as as Kelvin is like what what would your advice or your your guidance be to them well, I would recommend them look to a person, like look to their anchor. I think everybody in life has some sort of an anchor. You know what I mean? You have that go-to person or it doesn't even have to be a go-to person, just a, just someone who's strong and maybe someone who's been through this um, and ask them for help. And if they don't have it, um, you know, I think like my heart does go out to them because I know a few people that don't. Um, and that that is sad. I would recommend getting onto some charities, maybe, you know, um, if it's in relation to PCOS, I would definitely try and manage it via diet. Definitely get onto my page and get and search other PCOS um, pages as well, because there is like there is a support network out there, you know, like people are out there and they do want to help you. It's just I suppose it's not widely available yet. Um, but in terms of mental health, definitely call Samaritans call all those helplines out there because there is help Pieta house as well in Ireland they're they're extremely good and they do help um and well they do definitely try to help anyways and they'll get you on the right track but always know that it's not permanent it really isn't you will get out like maybe when you're going through it you mightn't think that there'd be any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I know there was definitely times where I didn't think there was any light at the end of the tunnel. I remember one day I was crying and work in the bathroom and I remember just thinking, I was like, is this what my life is going to be? Like, I'm 20 odd years of age. Am I always just going to be sporadically crying in random bathrooms until the day I die? 
you know and I I thought that was it I I thought that was just that was life and I was like Jesus Christ like no wonder why no one wants to be an adult you know what I mean like why would you (laughs) if that's if that's what you have to put up with um but then I got help you know and everything is is fixable it really is um and I think it's all like as you said last week and last month in your podcast knowledge is not power application is you know what I mean? And it and it's so true. It really is so true. If you're feeling down, um, you, you have to do something. Owe it to yourself. You know, do it to yourself because you are so worth it. And nobody in the world is like you except you. You're the only one that can write your story and you are so not replaceable. You know what I mean? You really are irreplaceable. So, and at the end of the day, please do reach out to someone. And I would, and I say this to all my friends as well. Like I would rather sit down and listen to your story than listen to your obituary. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's so true, you know, so help is out there. You just, you have to ask sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And coming back again, you'd mentioned there about the, the previous podcast with Gavin, uh, I'm not sure if you and Gavin have ever met each other, but some of the the things that you have both said over the the last two podcasts really resonate with each other. And I suppose one of the things like when you're bringing back to the the first podcast, Bruno, that I'm thinking is that my my guidance to any any young person or any woman going through the, the experience that you you are explaining today is to maybe obviously seek out the your GP, seek out your medical practitioners and also look to those charities and speak to the, the likes of the Samaritans and that, but also do your, your best as well to not give the, the attention to the, the word anxiety or the yeah. word depression and things like that. And that that's just something like a, a technique that I have learned over the years. And especially that was brought home to me uh, a couple of weekends ago at a, at a retreat for Stevie J International where I always thought I I read self-help books. I read books about anxiety, phobias, depression, anxiety, and little did I realize that I was giving all my attention to that. And obviously what you think you become, and that that was really my my approach. So again, coming back to, to your story, Bruna, I am sure that there's many people out there that is able to resonate with this and it, it sounds like at times you have had to feel like you've been pushing a car up a hill really uh it's just really been coming back at you every time you're trying to push forward and i suppose one of the things that i would say there let's get more people behind that car and push it Mm -hmm. because it will go up that hill with a lot more ease and in in terms of again bruna with the the pcos if I was a, a woman out there and I was obviously thinking about kids, uh, what would what would come of that? What what should I be thinking along the lines if I do have PCOS? Well, if it doesn't, I think Stefan, it doesn't matter what age you get diagnosed with PCOS. I think the sooner you sort it out, the better. And um, it doesn't matter if you want to get pregnant next year or in five years or in ten years. Um, and you know, as I said earlier on the podcast it is important for a woman to menstruate properly every, every month. Um, it's yeah. just, it's abnormal if you don't, and it just brings on in a range of different problems. And um, so I would definitely, first of all, go talk to your GP. Um, personally, they put me on the pill. I don't really recommend the pill because I, 
And the reason why they put you on the pill is to regulate your menstrual cycle. But I just have an issue with how an ovulation suppressant can regulate a menstrual cycle. You know what I mean? Something that stops you from ovulating to get you to ovulate again. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. There are a lot of studies backing that up as well, but there's also a lot of studies arguing for it as well. You know, so I think obviously each to their own. Me personally, I would try and kind of, I would try and sort this out via your diet. I think that would be the healthiest way. Um, obviously, you know, if your PCOS is so bad and if you feel that it's necessary, go down the route of medication. But I would try and sort it out with a low carb diet, a low sugar diet, um, especially the low sugar diet. That that is a massive thing because obviously, if you are insulin resistant, you also you always have you have too much insulin. Like whenever you intake your sugar, your there's your body doesn't produce insulin to to kind of break it down. So that's, that's where the weight gain and the obesity and the type two diabetes comes into play there. So it's very, very important to keep that sugar, those sugar levels down. So a low carb diet will be ideal for that because low carb is naturally kind of low and low sugar anyways. And that's what I did with the keto diet. Um, and you should definitely see um, a difference there. If you're suffering maybe from cystic acne, I know a dairy free diet is great. Um, I've recently cut down massively on my dairy intake in the past month and my skin seven has really cleared up an awful lot like even to the point where <laughs> excuse me I get electrolysis every week for uh, for my my facial hair so electrolysis is a type of um, hair removal and it's one of the longest hair removals methods that's been out there it's been over here for like 100 years and it's a very, very fine needle that they stick into the hair follicle and they electrocute it. And it's to kill the follicles so the hair doesn't grow back. Now, it's very tedious because I have a lot of hair all around here. And redhead, surprisingly enough, actually have the strongest hair, not afros, I would have thought, or, you know, black hair. I would have thought they would have been stronger, but it's not. It's actually red hair. And because I've plucked and waxed and threaded and tweezed for 10 years, my hair is three times thicker than the hair that would be on my head. So it's excruciatingly painful for me to get electrolysis, even with the numbing cream. But I found since I've cut the dairy out of my, out of my diet, that my skin isn't anywhere as sensitive as it was, say, two or three months ago. And even with the numbing cream now, I can actually sit down for a half an hour and I can let the, the electrologist go around and zap my and zap my chin and I'm not jumping. Well, I still jump because I have zero pain threshold, but not as much as I was, you know, so <laughs> I would definitely recommend um, don't have to cut dairy completely out of your, out of your diet because I know that's very hard to do, but definitely reduce it and see how you go. I find as well, Stefan, it's a lot of trial and error. You need to find yeah. what works for you. What works for me might necessarily work for you. And what works for you might necessarily work for me. And that's okay. And I'm not on here to advocate for any one diet and say, this is it. And this is how you cure this because everyone is different at the end of the day. And everyone's threshold is different at the end of the day, you know, and lifestyle, etc. So, but my number one advice would be try and do it via your diet because you can really can accomplish an awful lot with your diet, your food, like what you put into your body, like it has to come out. You know what I mean? Like if, 
it doesn't matter if you're the skinniest person in the world if you're eating mcdonald's every day like that is not good it's doing damage to you inside you know and i do find with a low carb diet like it's it's handy because i love going out now that i'm kind of over that blip with my mental health i love going out and dining out and drinking and all that crack and i find that the keto diet or the low carb diet is pretty handy to do that um so like if i was to go out to a restaurant i'd say like maybe a steak and some green veg and honestly like that would that would definitely fill me up um and then if i was to have like a few drinks i would either drink a seltzer they're very popular here in Australia. And I do believe that they're becoming popular around Europe as well. So they're low carb, low sugar, very low calories as well. Um, and if that wasn't available, I'd have maybe a glass of Prosecco because they're about two, three grams net carbs per, per glass. Or I would have a spirit and a diatonic. So it could be like a, a gin and diatonic or a Bacardi and Diet Coke or whatever. So like it's very doable. You know, if you wanted to keep to the diet and if you wanted to keep on track, it is very doable. Um, obviously, I know, like, you know, you have to let your hair down every now and again. Um, and that and that's OK, too. But um, yeah, just just try and keep on track, I suppose, as, as much as you can. Yes, yeah, I suppose everything is is in moderation, yeah, really. As you've said there, obviously, a lot of it does come down to diet as well. If that helps you, then that is absolutely amazing because uh, I, I can only imagine, Bruna, that you're saying there about like the, the facial hair and stuff like that. And if I think of that from a, a guy's per perspective, like that's absolutely fine. But if I think about it from a, a female perspective, obviously, there's a, a lot of like stigma around that yeah. type of thing. Uh, and I, I can only imagine the, the impact that that would have in your confidence and any other woman out there that experiences similar uh, things as well. So like coming to that, like what, what would you say that does in terms of your confidence? I know you've you've touched on it earlier about not leaving the house and uh, obviously like but if I think about your, your partner, for example, how does that uh, affect you with a, a partner? Oh, absolutely. Because so. I was 21 when I met Kelvin and I had, I was diagnosed with PCOS for about a year at this stage. Um, but I do remember when I first met him, like every time I was going out on a date with him, I made sure Stefan that there wasn't one hair on my chin. You know what I mean? And I plucked and I waxed and I tweezed and I threaded everything. And my chin will be red raw from continuously just removing the hair every day, just so he wouldn't ever see me with hair. And then obviously, you know, like we're nearly seven years together at this stage. So like, you know, comfort comfortable, you get comfortable around each other and the familiarity and all that crack. So all those pretenses goes out the window at some stage or another, as I'm sure you can attest to yourself. Um, <laughs> but definitely at the early stages, I was super self-conscious about it. And it was just, I think when you're meeting someone, you're self-conscious anyways, but to deal with the extra facial hair on top of it is just an extra thing to add to the pile. And like, I know girls that will not stay overnight with, you know, if they're meeting someone or if they're, you know, saying like, you know, just, you know, at the early stages of a relationship, because they know the next morning 
some facial hair will it will appear you know like and naturally enough just just like yourself you know like i'm sure if you shave at 6 p.m tonight 9 a.m tomorrow morning you're going to have a shadow you know what i mean so like it happens with girls that have pcos um but it does massively affect our self-conscious like you know just how our self-image i suppose um but what i would say to that is anyone who points out that you have facial hair they're not a nice person they really aren't like they nobody should be pointing something like that out like if you weren't able to grow a beard Stefan I would not point that out you know what I mean or if you had gray hair at 20 I would not point that out that that's very very rude you know and I think it just says kind of more to them but I suppose as well it's more of a maturity thing as you get older you care less about what people say and it's very easy for me to say this at 28 because when I was at 21 I was just in a different headspace you know and I like I do I talk about this openly on my PCOS page on Instagram and I even put up a post and (laughs) when my beard was like at its worst and I did a comparison post with myself and Kelvin when he grew a beard and I said who grew it better you know what I mean so I think it's it's good to kind of you know take the piss out of it a little bit and yeah. call it out because i think sometimes if you just call it out you're taking the power out of it and no one can no one can like make you nobody should make you feel bad anyways you know but that's what my approach is to it and facial hair it's it's an ongoing battle i'm still struggling with it but we'll get there at some stage yeah bro I, I think obviously like what you're saying there about taking the, the sting out of it really uh like that, that that's really important it, it's your coping mechanism and i think like everybody out there is going to have their, their own individual coping mechanisms to be able to to manage these type of things and i think for for me being a a guy not being anywhere clued in to to this topic before our, our conversation today i i deliberately didn't do any research or looking into it beforehand because i wanted to hear from you and hear about what it entailed and things like that and for, for me, I'm going to be a lot more mindful of that because I, I think, obviously, that's not something that I've ever went out and thought. Uh, but again, I, I don't go out and start staring at people's chins either. Uh, that, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think obviously, I, you, you take people at face value, but you don't really know what their their battles are behind the, the scenes and I think that just reiterates that like everybody is going through a battle that you know nothing about so it's it's, it's important to try and be kind at all times and uh yeah we, we obviously have our own emotions and we can get angry and frustrated at people but it's important to remember that just because somebody's maybe not staying over for example that it not as it's not necessarily a reflection on you it may be something that they're trying to deal with so again I think that is going to really drill home that mindfulness for me to to be aware of that and be a bit more conscious of other people's thinking and feelings as well so uh thank you for that uh bruna in, in terms of I've, I've got a couple more questions for you just really before we we wrap up uh so going forward where do you see yourself uh trying to obviously deal with the the pcos going forward oh jesus question of the century there Stefan um well I would hope within the next five years anyways that I would have my periods back and um, even though I'm not I'm not 
totally hopeful about that I'm not sure if it'll ever come back for me and that and that's okay too you know what I mean I'm at a stage in my life now where I've had PCOS for eight years I've accepted that my fertility mightn't ever come back you know and and that's okay too because there's more than one way to be to become a parent you know and there's adoption there's surrogacy there's IVF the whole lot so um yeah that's definitely something for a future date but yeah I would just at the moment, I'm just really struggling with the facial hair. I just want to get rid of that before my wedding. I'm supposed to get married next year, hopefully, if Australia let us out. Um, so, yeah, just at the moment, just struggling with that. So if I could get the facial hair under wraps and if I could get my periods back, I'd be a very, very happy woman. Um, for the past year, I've had like just one or two kind of like little spots, but that's it but look at i've lost four and a half stone so i think i'm definitely going in the right direction so it's it's not going backwards for once so i'll i'll take that Bruno, i don't think you were ever going backwards i just don't think you realize <laughs> oh i definitely was <laughs> listening to your your journey and your story there uh obviously you've had a lot of obstacles there and barriers to really try and burst through and sometimes they were tougher than other times to get through but you you, you got there and you, you will continue growing from strength to strength and really the, the, the fact that you're able to come on now you, you've hit the nail on your head on the head yourself really by saying that when you were 21 you probably couldn't envisage yourself coming on and speaking about oh, PCOS yeah. so uh but now being on and trying to share that experience and give other people the the understanding that it, it, it's okay it, it's fine, but try and do things to to improve your health and you constantly get better. And even coming back to like the, the keto diet and the, the low sugar intake and things like that as well, that's going to have a, a positive impact on other health conditions as well. And uh, like again, that, that's really, really important for, for anybody to know. Uh, so, Bruno, just to finish up, for anybody listening, uh, what would be your, your one piece of advice for anybody to take away from today's episode? Well, if you think that you have PCOS, definitely consult with your GP because there are tests that you can get. So you have to go through a blood test. And um, so basically you need two out of three symptoms. So either lack of periods, facial hair, um cystic acne might be one i forgot what the fourth one is and um, so you need two at least two out of three symptoms so go to your gp get that sorted get a definitive diagnosis and um, as well pcos if you have pcos it, it should never cause pain if it causes pain then that's something more serious so you might have a cyst on your ovary and that's a different kettle of fish altogether or it could be endometriosis which is another kettle of fish altogether um i'm telling you all the women's reproductive systems like it's just complex you think our minds are complex Stefan? you should see our ovaries <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of mental health if you do feel down please do talk to a trusted friend or a trusted family member and definitely do seek medical help Um, i think an awful lot of people as much as we say stefan it's okay not to be okay and i think as much as we say oh please reach out to me if you're if you're ever down or whatever i'm not i'm, I'm actually not really too convinced that society is at that stage yet you know, where we can kind of go without being completely judgmental. And um, because I do see even now, like I would tell people, 
you know, about my journey with mental health and all that. And I do kind of see them silently judging me or they might say something subconsciously to me, you know, and that's okay. So be aware that not everyone is going to be okay with your journey, but as long as you are to hell with a lot of them, you know what I mean? So just go get the help because you're worth it. And anyone who says that you're not, well, to hell with them. That's what my message will be. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I, I think there, Bruno, just to, to obviously reinforce what you've said there, not that I really have to reinforce it because you've obviously just knocked it out of the park. Uh, but just in terms of like people being judgmental, like I think judgment's always going to be something that is part of the, the human human mind, really. Uh, I think it's really important for people to to be aware that they're being judgmental. And if you have that awareness that you're being judgmental, then you can really like bring it back. You can yeah. really strip it back and not be as judgmental as you, you maybe once were. I, I, th- I think really when you're, you're judgmental and you're just constantly being judgmental and you're not trying to to improve or change i think that's where uh the the issues stem from really in regards to that but uh bruna i'm actually going to give you a clap (laughs) clap because thank you like i said as somebody that has never heard of the the terminology before or come across pcos uh Again, it's it's a big eye opener for me, and it's it's definitely changed my my thinking going forward. I, I'm I'm obviously going to be a lot more mindful of this, and be a lot more mindful as well that it, it's about remembering that everybody's going through a battle that you you know nothing about. So be kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Bruna, I'm just going to to mention again, just reiterate to to everybody that neither yourself nor me are GPs or medical practitioners. And whilst a lot of the, the points that Bruna had mentioned are extremely important to, to listen to, and you may even want to try things, please always do consult with your GP or medical practitioner in the, the first instance. If you have been affected by anything discussed on today's podcast, please consult your GP or gynecologist It's important to remember that neither Bruno nor myself are qualified medical practitioners, and this is why it is very important that we stress that you consult with your GP or gynecologist. So everyone, that's me come to the the end of today's episode. Thank you once again for listening, and please don't forget to rate, review, download, and tell your friends about the Higher Self Being You podcast. Again, if you would like to get in touch with me, please do so by emailing higherselfbeingyou at gmail.com. Spread the word far and wide, and I hope you all keep well. And please remember, be the energy you want to attract.